1: This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com.
0: Welcome to the official Football Learning Academy podcast. I'm your host, Ken Crippen, and I'm the founder and lead instructor at the FLA. Before I introduce our special guests this week, I wanted to take a step back. There's a lot of news attention on the negative activities of players, and there really isn't enough attention on the positive work that players are doing in the community. Some of that is that the players aren't doing the charitable work for attention, they're doing it because it's the right thing to do. At the FLA, we want to focus on that positive work and highlight players, their charities, and why those charities are important to them that leads me to this week's special guest ben troop yes he played in the nfl yes he's a successful author and podcaster but what truly makes ben troop remarkable is how he selflessly gives back to others combine that with his overwhelmingly positive attitude and you can't help but love him he's truly an inspiration to me and i'm glad to have him as part of the fla family now let's give some of ben's background after attending the university of florida ben was drafted by the tennessee titans he played for them from 2004-2007 through 2007 before going to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for the 2008 season. After football he started public speaking, wrote a couple of books, and has a podcast called 84 Reasons where he talks to athletes from the University of Florida. He has a charitable organization called The Uncommon Crew where he works with underserved high school boys to develop them academically, professionally, personally, and culturally by providing them with a culturally enriched exposure trips that include colleges and universities, Fortune 500 companies, and other organizations. This week, there is no Pro Football History Nugget of the Week. Ben's powerful message of giving back and having a positive mindset is admirable, and we want that message to stand on its own. Now let's get to our interview with Ben True. Ben, welcome to the official Football Learning Academy podcast. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. I'm
2: uh, excited to be on, Uh, happy at the fact that you get into the podcast world. I was wondering when you're going to join us, podcasters of the world, but uh, (laughs) excited to be on, excited to be on.
0: Hey, we love having you as part of the FLA family. This is the third time that you've appeared with us, uh, the most recent being the live Q&A that we did back in uh, March. And i got to say people loved that live Q&A, so Thanks for doing that. Yeah. And you've been here so much. We're going to have to give you a frequent flyer card or a punch card or something like that.
2: As long as you will keep having me, I think what happens is when you start talking about what you do, uh, what you mean to people like myself, as far as like, just telling our stories. Cause a lot of times as athletes, we don't get a chance to talk about where we are now. It's all about, you know, we really we get really, really good to talk about what we used to do, how we used to do it. And that's going to be a part of us forever. But being able to help us transition away from the football world while also embracing that's how essentially we introduce ourselves to the world. I mean, anytime you, anytime you want to have me on my own, I think it's a great platform to be able to just talk live.
0: Yeah. Well, I appreciate the compliments. Thank you. I mean, we really want to focus on the the positive work that players have been doing in the community, whether they're current players, whether they're retired players uh, it's all important and there's not enough attention to it. So whatever we can do to, promote the great work that you're doing. We definitely want to do that.
2: I appreciate it. I appreciate it.
0: All right. Let's uh let's dig back. Let's start with your family. Talk to me about some of the influences that your family had on you growing up in Georgia and how had that helped you form the man that you are today. Being from a
2: being from a small town like Swainsboro, Georgia, you become a bigger you become a part of a bigger community, if you want to call it that. My mom and dad have always been you know, God-fearing people, especially my mother. And I was growing up, I had two grandmothers and a great-grandmother and I knew them all. Obviously I had uh, two grandfathers as well. And when you talk about a family that might not all live in the same city, but we embrace each other. My, my, my dad's mom was like the mom that everybody went to her house after church on Sunday. My great-grandmother literally, literally, she made fresh biscuits from scratch Every single day. Not a day went by that she didn't. And uh, obviously, my my mom's mom taught me the importance of hard work. But all of them made sure that family was the focus. It was never about what we were doing, where we lived, uh, how our life was progressing. It was all about making sure that, especially my dad's mom, she could feed an army on Sundays. I don't know how this lady did it. She always said one thing. Don't go first. So we sit as kids. And it's a bunch of us. We sitting back waiting, just counting the dose. I said, all right, I think that's the last one. They'll sit down and we'll just raid the freaking kitchen. <laughs> and I just, you know, a lot of times, you know, we here now, the world we live in now, it's all about uh, you know, 401ks and IRAs and uh generational wealth and you know, balanced portfolios. My, gra- my my I didn't come from family talk like that. I was the richest kid in the world because of the family I had. Like, yeah, we didn't, you know. I come from humble beginnings, but my my dad's mom, she had a well, she had an outhouse, she had no indoor plumbing, she had a cast iron stove. My other my great grandmother had a two bedroom, one bath house with a tin roof, and when it rained outside, it felt like, sounded like on the inside, it was a, it was a hurricane. But I come from the greatest people. These people were so encouraging. My grandmother, my dad's mom, we had all these kids and grandkids found a way to have an individual relationship with me. I'm just one of a hundred grandkids and great-grands. My great-grandmother, you know, she was, she taught me the importance of laughter. She taught me the importance of not, of being myself and not taking life so serious. Cause next to her house, she had these vine trees. I call them, you know, these vines really, really thick. They would hang from the trees. You know, I'm, I mean, I'm a little kid, so I could, you know, my way I ain't weigh hardly anything. So I used to climb through, I used to swing through the trees like Tarzan, man. That that was my I used to love doing it. And I remember one time she was calling for me and she couldn't find me. My my family calls me Benny. Like they don't call me Ben or On only certain my mama might call me Benjamin if I'm in trouble or something, but it's not, you know. But uh I remember she was looking for me one day, and the vine tree is right next to the house, she's calling me, calling me. And she and I ran from over, from over there like what you called the woods, and I'm and I'm sweating. And she's like, "What are you doing?" And I said, "Mom, I'm just over here in the trees. I'm just having fun, right? Mind you." She's like, "You in the what? Like I'm in the trees." I'm... So I know she don't know what I'm saying. She she doesn't really get what I'm saying. She can't picture it. So I said, "Can I show you? Like, can I can I show you?" She was like, "All right." And I go into this little mode. I, I tuck my shirt, and I tuck it in, I get like a little stick and I like stick it in my, you know, stick it in my bag like I got like a weapon, I don't know what I need it for. If I need it, I'm, I ain't going back in these woods again. <laughs> but I climb these trees, I climb these vines and I'm swinging from vine to vine like Todd, I'm swinging. And at a certain point, I, you know, when you a kid, man, you got your know, the ligaments, they don't hurt. You can jump off of stuff, and don't hurt your knees. I couldn't jump off a freaking curb right now. It'd probably <laughs> hurt my knees, but I jump down, right? And to me, if my, my great grandmother probably wanted to tell me to stop doing that, but she looked, she looking at her great grandson in his eyes. She looking at me in my eyes, and she's seeing how much life that gave me. And all she said was, "Be careful." She didn't say, and I and I could be so wrong when I say this, but if my grandma tell me not to do that again, I don't know if I become what I become. I don't know if I do it because. I need validation from the people I come from. That I, I tell people that all the time. Look, man, I'm always, you know, I'm 40 years old. My daddy will be 65 years old this year. And I still want him to be proud of me, right? I, I still want him to say, that's my son. Well, my great-grandmother, if she would have told me, don't you do that again, I don't know what they would have done to my little spirits. Because I didn't need nobody to play with. And my great-grandmother's best friend, name was Miss Lucille. She lived two houses up. She used to bring me... Food from church. And between me and me, you, I didn't eat this food, but I would take it because my grandma taught me respect and being appreciative and being, you know, gracious of what people do for you. And once again, she called, she said, they call "My they called my great grandma a baby child. Her name is Nell Louise. Her nickname is Baby Child. Is said, Baby Child? Where Benny at? I oh, don't know. So she walked down, <laughs> she walks down and she said, Benny, come here. And once again, I'm over them the trees again. Miss Lucille, I walk her up. I'm sweating. And Miss Lucille, like, what are you doing? Like, nothing, I was over there in the trees. My grandma walks outside. My grandma looks at me and said, go ahead, sure. Go ahead, go ahead, sure. I go into my motor, get tuck the shirt in, put the thing in, climb up, jump down, right? Miss Lucille said, boy, you crazy. My grandma said, no, he ain't crazy. He's just being himself. I think my great grandma understood in that moment I have to protect him from the world, but I don't have to protect, I, I have to protect him from people, but not the world. I don't have to protect them from the world. And I just I just think about these people. They didn't do, man, they couldn't even fathom. What I do now, what I've done, they couldn't fathom it. My grandmother, my mom's mom, she she came to college to, to cook me food. She couldn't even go to the game because she couldn't stand watching me play. She came all the way to Florida, to, and this food was phenomenal. Just to cook, get, I told my grandma I wanted to. So granted, when I move off campus my junior year, I want, you know, I'm just being, I'm just being spoiled at this point. I said, I want a king size bed. That's when I go to all my other teammates rooms, they ain't got, they got a bed, they ain't got a king. Now, mind you, I don't know how much king size beds cost. I don't, I don't know that these things cost a lot of money. Mm-hmm. But because my grandmother said, she called me her, you know, she called me her college man. She said, that's my college man right there. She got it for me. And not only did she get it, she delivered it. Well, she got my daddy to deliver it, her and my mom. And it's stuff like that. Like she didn't have to, and she made up my room. She she got me sheets and got me like a, a full bedroom set from a little small town called Twin City, Georgia, about 10 miles from Swansburg, Georgia, where I'm from. She didn't have to do that, but it's little stuff like that. Like it's little stuff that my grandma went, came to college one time. My grandma came to the game Listen, she came she comes to the game to see me get off the bus and goes back to the room. She's not watching. I'm going. I, and I think that those are the type of people I come from. Like those are I stand on the on the shoulders of Giants. I tell people that all the time. And and that just, you know, that just my grand my grandma's, my grandfathers, they were influential. And you know, people would never ever know that my dad was in prison most of my Adolescent life and most of my teenage life because my daddy prepared me to deal with people. Like he showed me how to see people past what they've done. Because if he's not in jail, I look at him and say, Oh, they fellows, are oh, they the worst of the worst? But I go, Well, if they the worst of the worst, my dad, the worst of the worst, because he's in there with them. And my only, my only, Party I've ever remember having in my lifetime was in prison. It was Springfield, Georgia. My dad was in jail, all white on, with a black stripe going down his leg. He had a he freaking had a freaking he he had my dad's in prison with a white t shirt on, a white pants, and a Rolex watch. He had on a what a gold, but, and I know my dad is in jail, but because they did they tr- they treated my daddy like a man, it's like because the the, the judicial system or the you know this. Correctional system treated him like a person. He didn't become a monster. He was just my dad. He's like yeah, my dad. And for so way across Georgia, Springfield, Georgia, Swainsboro, Georgia, uh, Ricefield, Georgia, my dad was locked up in all those places, and I never saw him behind bars. He just was. I didn't see him. And. Now, when I'm doing speaking and all the stuff I'm doing and I go to prisons and youth detention centers, they go, dude, you don't seem uneasy in here. I go, no, man, because my dad showed me how. My dad showed me how to see people, how to talk to the part of a person that they don't know. He always say, talk to the part that they don't know you can see. And I know how to do that. Everybody has a part that they want to show to the world, but they're afraid. That's what I talk to. I'm talking to that. I'm not calling them whatever. And I said, the only difference in you and me is, is a choice. I'm a choice away from being in here with you, and when you get out, you're a choice away of never coming back. Simple, simple thing. So, though, and though, it would take a, it would take, it would take a hundred episodes to talk about my whole family. It really would, because I'm the one that got to go play NFL football. I wasn't the first one to go to college. For, for uh for football. My uncle was. My dad, the youngest of all my grandma's kids, Robert Truth, had a scholarship to go to Fort Valley State. So he was the first one. He didn't stay, but I just, when I think about my family, they'll never know. I feel like a person who just won Best Actor in a Movie. And I got to go up there and you know accept the award and look at it and go, wow. And then I got to find a way to say thank you. There's no way so what I give them through my love and deeds or compassion uh, is showing them I'm not me without y'all. I don't forget making it here. I don't stay here without y'all. Cause if it's up to me, man, I don't need it. I'm coking a smile, man. I don't need much, but it's something about these opportunities through me that I get to have for them. So they'll get. I'll get a chance to meet the. I don't meet the. I don't open the doors. I know the person behind the door. I know the person behind that. Who is me? I get to say it's me. Oh, and when they open up, they see me and I go, hey, listen, could you do me a favor? This is my nephew or niece or son or daughter or sister or brother or cousin. Could you just do this for me? Oh, man, whatever you need. And I say, just treat them as if it was me. Just treat them like that. And I walk off. I don't stay. Or I've been to a building that got 100 floors. I'm only there for the person who's supposed to be there. I'm not, I'm in there, and go, this is nice. But I'm looking at the elevator going 86, 87, oh my God, just don't break. But because if the person who's supposed to be there come in there and they don't see a familiar face, they are already uneasy. But when they see me and I go, come here. They looking at me like, How did how did you get in here? I mean, I've been here. But I say, hey, just be yourself. Where you going? I gotta go. On to the next one. I gotta, I gotta go find another. And uh that's that's you know, I do my nonprofit stuff now and I'm author now and I'm just humbled because I because God always tells me, how do you tell someone else's story through you? Just tell theirs through you. And as long as you're doing that, and I heard Elon, not Elon Musk, but um the guy that do the Apple phones, what is his name? Uh, Steve Jobs. Yeah. He said the most powerful person is the storyteller. And I believe that. I really, really believe because it ain't what you naturally say. And iPhone is a story, and people go, "I said," and I know, I know, it ain't the same thing. I know it, but you know, and I know that Steve Jobs wasn't thinking this deep. But Eve bit the apple, and if you look at the Apple, it's like a little bite out of it, and everybody go crazy. I, I know he wasn't thinking that, and I'm not saying that's a parallel. I'm not giving, you know, I'm moving on. Come of Steve Jobs. Oh yeah, I was thinking about Adam and Eve, and no. So I just. I just know that too much is given, much is required. And I thank God every day that I had people that showed me, even if I ain't this what they're showing me, this is your requirement, man. Like, and my requirements go up. My job is to meet the requirement daily, no matter how I feel, no matter what I'm going through. Because if my problems are my problems, but I know I have a bigger need to serve those around me, I, my problems are a selfish thing. That's me wanting to take care of me. Those people are a selfless thing. And I want to die selfless, so because I know that, I can go in the bathroom and scream and yell ah, punch the wall. Wash my face, come <sighs> out, and give them what they need. Not and but not through a a character in a movie. Just all right, man. How can I be? I'm a, I'm a I'm at your service, but I'm not. A, I don't have an apron. And uh, I I took me a long time to get to this place to understand what my purpose is. But now that I do, I'm not going back because all this stuff that don't matter is still available. I could do a bunch of nonsensical, none, you know, encouraging, just dumb things. But I rather focus on what God has for me, and that doesn't mean I like it all the time. That doesn't mean I I'm just raring to go all the time. But I don't I don't want I don't want the alternative though. I don't want. I don't want to go so far away from what i'm supposed to do it' is i'll spend a lifetime trying to get back and then i'll die when i oh i'm finally here boop that's my time to go no i'm just gonna you know um I, we survived covid we survived COVID nineteen. like you know like my grandparents go through a pandemic you know like we hear about i hear about the great depression i'm not taking that away but this thing shut the world down and we So I I know it's for a reason. I know a lot of people, unfortunately, who lost a lot of family members during it. So I, I thank God for sparing me, and uh, we'll see what happens. We'll see what we'll see what happens from now.
0: Yeah, I mean, talking about the impact that your family's had on you, how it's made you the person that you are. I mean, I can definitely see it in you. In the few times I've interacted with you and had conversations with you, I mean it's. You're genuine. And I think that's what's important is the fact that, you know, when they talk, when someone talks to you, you're getting the genuine Ben. Like you said, it's not a character that you're playing or anything like that. You're not putting up a persona. It's really you. You really care about other people. And it's obvious that it came from your upbringing and and everything that you were taught growing up.
2: Yes, sir. It's it's. It's humbling too because sometimes you you don't know why it's happening to you. You think, oh, I'm the, you know, you have to get past this. Oh, I think I'm this and I think I'm that. Because life is a humbling place, man. It humbles you all the time. But when you when you when you where you're supposed to be, you get little indicators. I, I'm the person I always say, man, like, you know, I chase the short there. I, I believe in chasing the short and there. And I used to be like, sometimes God let me catch it. And then one day said, and then somebody told me, What if? What if God is not letting you catch it? You just let it go. What do you mean? Like you grab it, it's yours, but you let it go. Or this would really flow up. They said, what if what if extraordinary is just everywhere you are? The reason why you can see it everywhere you are is because it might not be sitting next to you, but it's in the building. And it'll peek out and show its face. Like I mean, and that is something that I want for everybody. I extraordinary to me, only I know it. Only I only I know it. It's like a chef. A chef don't need nobody else to taste this food. He knows, he or she knows that's it. Or needs some little oregano. By the time we eat it, we like, good, you know. And I think that's what gives me the most life is knowing that extraordinary is mine. It's a choice I made. And it's something that is very, very hard to describe because I don't need validation. Like God said, you don't need validation in this life, man. You just because as long as you chasing something, as long as you chase a validation, it's, it's only gonna be based off what that says it is, not what you say it is. And I gave up people pleasing a long time ago. Woo, man. You talk about the weight off your shoulders. You want to live a long life, try to people please. Man. You could do exactly <laughs> what they say down to the mill, down to the, the smallest minute thing. They're gonna say, yeah, well. You know they're gonna give you another task. So my extraordinary life. Without tell people, I said, "Listen, man, I'm a, I'm an ordinary man, but I live an extraordinary life because I, I acknowledge who made sacrifices to get me here, the sacrifices it take to stay here, and who I'm sacrificing for for the next year. Like my my the next generation's ceiling is my floor. So I'm giving them something to aspire to. I and not to be me. It's just the fact that I am invested in the next generation literally figuratively and I and I care about I care about the lives that they live not the cars they drive man not the money that they make because if, if money and cars and material things were people would kill billionaires ass would kill themselves they got everything but I care more about quality not quantity quality of life is everything What's the purpose of having all you want if you ain't got your health, you ain't got your strength, you ain't got your mind? I get to show them I, I'm not looking forward to anything coming. I live in the moment. And as the moments stack, I just have fun, man. I care more about people. see Because I don't know what people are going to see me. People say, oh, I saw you here. I saw you. There. You know, I can't remember every single person. But me being from Swainsboro, Georgia, and my father, you know, the bank, one of the banks down there, one of the loan officers, he's a University of Florida fan. All these Georgia fans, he's the one Florida fan. And he said something to me. He said, Ben, my dad was in a talking one time. We was trying to do something. And my dad got up and walked off. And he said, has your dad ever had a bad day? I said, what do you mean? He said, every time I see him, I don't care when I see him, he's always full of life and smiling. And my daddy don't know he's doing that for a person through what they see from him. And I and I understood sometimes I may be the only God that somebody gets. I may be the only thing ever. I may be the only life that somebody sees. So the last thing I want them to see me is saying, oh, my," arguing with somebody or going crazy on somebody? No, I want them to see this dude. I want them to say, well, when I saw him, he was over here smiling. Well, he was over there when I saw him. Because I, you know my nonprofit is called Uncommon Crew, um, Uncommon C R U, and that's a, it's a it's a enrichment mentoring program for high school boys. And every time I come together with them, I tell them, I said, "Uh, I see. Did y'all drive by the graveyard today? Like, yeah, you weren't in it. So give me life, man. You are living. Life is for the living. And while I got breath, I." Got me i'm gonna give it all I got and if I look crazy doing it I say it's better me to y'all because I don't care about being laughed at y'all care about what they say how they say I said well you should be able to take criticism if you give it because you definitely give it and I'm I'm I come from Louise that was my great grandmother Molly true my other grandmother and Cora Bell Wiggins my other grandmother and Clifford Truth my grandfather and you know James that was my it's like these people just and I know them. These aren't I never knew my I never knew my mom's dad. He died when she was young in a car accident. So I had to hear about him. I don't have to hear about the mother ones. I can say, oh man, she used to do this. That is so unique. My my grandfather died. The last of my grandparents died about a couple years ago. He was ninety three or ninety four. Wow. And as hard as we wanted it to be a sad uh, experience. People started telling stories about him, and we started laughing because we understood this church was filled with every everybody in this church came from him. Whether whether it's his granddaughters, or great granddaughters, or grandsons, or great grandsons, or his son, everybody in there. And <laughs> when when they got to listen, somebody when they got to tell telling stories about my granddaddy, I man, we got to laughing in there, man. They'll say, your granddad charged charge you rent if you leave shoes at his house. And he would. He would. He'll, you come get your shoes. He wouldn't give them to you. He said, but that's going to be about $100. They've been here for like three months. So, what? But he, and he's dead. Listen, you want the shoes? <laughs> and I just, I just, people say everything you need, you already got it. Like, you, you, you just got to realize it. Stop looking for these outside entities. You already got it, man. Everything you need it. And that's and I operate out of a surplus, man. Like people always go to be little kids, but man, you rich. You rich. I'll be like, yeah, man, I don't How much money do you got, man? I said, my money in the bank. A whole bunch of it. Everybody. I don't even count. It. Because I don't want them to equate wealth with money. I want them to equate wealth to people, relationships, service, love, compassion, understanding. Um willing to give people all you got. Not some of what you got. I told my friend before, he said, "Man, how do you know I'm really doing?" I said, "Take the first thing you get and give it to him. What you mean?" I said, "Give away, give away one of your checks. You make enough money, right? Yeah." He said, "Yeah, but I said, "Now think about this. I'm telling you to sacrifice one check out of every check you're going to get. That person don't know where they, that person don't know where their next meal coming from. You are debating should I do it? They need you to do it. And he's looking at me like, "What are you?" I said, "I'm just telling you, man. Until you do for somebody in a way that they can't do do it, for, that's the blessing. The blessing can't be duplicated. What God does for us, we can't do it for others. We only take what He does and do for others. I'm not doing to them what He did to me. But what's the purpose of having more than what I need if I'm not sharing it? And that's just me. I'm gonna share it. I'm gonna give it up. I'm gonna do what I need to do with it." Because I said, i tell you what, get a big old feast, right? Big old table full of food. Invite all these people and tell them they can't eat. He said, I'm supposed to let them watch me eat? Yeah, because essentially that's what you're doing. That's what you're, you just don't know that's what you're doing. I go, you got so much food in your refrigerator, you don't even, uh, it'll spoil by the time you get to it. It's not spoil. I bet you won't spoil it house. Huh? So next time you go get groceries, Get a bunch for them and just put it on their front door. Don't, don't pull out your phone and take a selfie where that's the craziest thing I ever see. And just when you think they need some more, do it again. Just keep doing it. You're like, why? Because that would be one family that you can say, I'm going to invest in them. And there's something to, I'm convicted with something in me about them. Don't look for validation. Just do it and watch what it do to you. You gonna see what it does for them. Watch what it do to you, and then it becomes natural. And that's all I am. I'm just, I'm just a natural doer for people, because I because my dad showed me, my mom showed me. I have a non-profit in Swainsboro. My dad got a non-profit in Swainsboro. Mama got a non-profit in Swainsboro. Mine is called, you know, Uncommon Crew. My dad's called Man Reaching Man. My mom's called Sister Soldiers for Christ. I'm always chasing these people, no matter what I do, but the greatest the greatest compliment I get is are you Cheryl's son? Yep are you John son yep because no matter what I you know I'm 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 being recognized so so when I say man you, you doing you doing service work just like your parents right yeah but carrying on a family legacy man yeah a legacy of service mm-hmm. a legacy of doing of doing standing in the gap for people I mean because my daddy man I this dude here the joke this joke feed 500 families in a weekend. I said, "No, you getting on my nerves. You, you starting to get on my nerves." Man. But he does, but they I I just I just hope that if anything I have something worth replicating. Like, you know, I don't I don't need you to do what I did. Just take a portion of how you see me doing it. The part that I could have done better, and that be your part. You don't got to do what I do. Just do it for people. That's it. I said, you "Don't you don't got to do what I do. Just do it for people." Because if all of us do a little, none of us have to do a lot. Problem is, none of us do anything. That's why the problems grow this way. But if, if we live in a neighborhood and we say nobody's going to go hungry in this neighborhood, we have made a vow. Well, how do we do that? Figure it out. But Figure it out. Because God gave us dominion in his, on His earth. to say figure it out. I mean, it's enough. You know, it's enough space for our need, but we greet that's the problem. I used to have five cars. My dad said, Boy, you ain't got but two feet. He said all the time, you ain't got but two feet. I spent <laughs> I spend more money in car insurance than most people spend well, a lot of people more, a lot of people spend on rent and just life. And I'm just nice, it looks nice, but it was I, I would I would try to drive a different car every day just to feel like I'm getting wet. And I'm realizing my insurance company said, Boy, you don't even pay insurance. You pay a premium. That's how much you paying. You can't. You can't put, you can't get under your mommy's insurance because mommy don't have a Ferrari. Which I didn't have a Ferrari, but you know it's like. So now, you know I, I wake up every day. And I said, Lord, show me what the need is. You know, show me who. I used to ask. I used to ask him to show me why. He said, "Well, the why is the need that I, I already told you why." There's the need right there. Well, Lord, what do they need? Go ask them. Yeah, but that, go ask them. You, you said it, Court. I join them. I know this is weird, right? But, you know, and, and, and I said, nobody's going to know but me. I said, listen, I got I got, I always say I got a camera crew. They'll look. They'll say, well, they're behind me. You just can't see them. They're invisible. Because the, people be thinking, is this a publisher's clearinghouse? No, I'm just, I'm here. This is my requirement. So if you, the easy, the quicker you tell me what you need, the quicker I can get out of your face, i do it. Cause my friend BJ's mom, the guy who I wrote the book with, or who wrote the book, she works at a school. And a couple of years ago, she was like, "Hey Ben, um, the, you know, would you mind getting these kids some stuff off their Christmas list?" I said, "You know, I'm like, yeah, you know, yeah, I right, mind, you know." And I said, "Just send me the list." And they sent me the list. Right. And I just got the list. I just. I just bought what was on the list. Now, when we walk into this school, the teacher is expecting me to get, expecting me to see this list and go, oh, not doing that, and get what I want. No, I, no, I got them what was on the list. This this teacher realized, because I go to my car and I, you know, we got another little, little dually thing. We were rolling in there. So she goes, oh, that is so nice. I said, well, we got to go back. It took us about the second or third trip and she realizes, Wait, 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 wait. You, you got the list. I'm like, yeah. Because my BJ's mom is a pair is pair pro. She's the teacher. So when the teacher realizes, she says, You got the Barbara doll house? I'm like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got every last one of them. For all of them, like, yeah. And in her mind, she said, Well, why would you do that? I said, Because that's what they wanted. And in her mind, what happened in that moment is she didn't realize, man, I'm just doing. You teach you? All I did is spend some money to get these kids. And she said, you know, you don't realize they weren't getting anything. They weren't getting anything for Christmas. They were gonna wake up with. They said the parents will get gifts. Will take something they already had and try to wrap it up like a like a toy they already have. I said, man, I said it's just it's just money, and and you know. When 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 BJ got to my house, I had man my my house looked like a freaking toy store. I, it, whole living room full of. I said, "Man, you got to help me get the stuff in the car." And I just I don't know. It just it just makes me feel good to know that somebody thinks that I am the missing piece. Hey Ben, you think you can? And it's just a yes or no. Yeah, I to do it. And mind you, I would. I'm up and talking to Walmart, battling kids. Me and the kid looking at the same toy. We holding. out, like, oh god, I can't fight this kid for no toy. I got to just wait. <laughs> and then he walks off, and then I put him. But but I had I had so much fun with a buggy full of toys that weren't for my children. I had so much fun doing it, and you know, it's just, it's like. The topic comes up. Who gonna get the Who gonna get the toys? And, and, and Mama B, Mama B said, "Well, I'm gonna ask Ben." She didn't say I could go. She said, "I'm just gonna ask him." I go, "All right." You know, I tell people all the time, be careful with the word yes. Yes is expensive. No, it's, no was over. with. No done. I'm not doing it. But it was so fun, man. And uh, and the funny thing was, she said, "Do you guys want to come down there like Secret Santa?" I go, "No, no, no, y'all, I y'all want to do it." Y'all, you come with a way? And the teacher said, she said, Ben, it took me like four or five hours to wrap these gifts. She said, I ain't never cried as much in my life. Because she said, I just couldn't believe. She says, she said, you got it down to the, I said, yeah, like if it said a Nerf, whatever, they were specific. Nerf, G500, I'm trying to get it. Because I realized too, how many Christmases have they want something and never got it. I did it for the parents more than the kids. Because I was a kid. My mama used to struggle to try to get us stuff. But I remember when we were on the Super Nintendo. Super Nintendo been out for about two years already. Two years. And a part of my grandmother's house burned down. A part, not the whole thing. And my mama had a refrigerator in one of the parts that burnt down. And she was able to, she had insurance on it. The, 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 the furniture store had given her insurance on it. We told my mom we were on a Super Nintendo two years ago. Whatever, this thing been out. When they asked, when they asked my mom what she wanted, she said, Do "Y'all got one of those Super Nintendo things for my kids? My mom remembered us two years later, and that kind of stuff blow my mind, man. Cause you know she's you know she ain't a single mom, but she essentially raised us by herself because my dad's locked up. She don't have a lot of money. She don't get. She, my mom didn't go on vacations. My mom didn't wear jewelry. My mom didn't get designer bags. It was all us. She she invested her whole life in us. And the minute she get to lose something, she think about it. We walked in that house and we saw, that's what it did though, we lost it. It's like it was, and so to me, once again, somebody showed me how. Somebody showed me how to say yes and take the stress off the person asking. I know what it's like to have to ask. That's a lot of pressure. Because that, that shows that I need something. So if I'm the one that's doing the deed, it's my job to say, I got it. I got you. It's fine. It's my job to say, it's fine. Because the more you can ask for what you need, the better chance you have of getting it. And I said, it's just toys. And I remember that, man. That's super. You know, we never get, listen, and, and we thank God Super Mario came with the game. Because we didn't get no game. My mom was like, listen, your game costs $50. I'm not getting no game. But. Play that I'm the best Super Mario player in the We can play it, but it's it's I just I just know how incredibly blessed I am to be on somebody's mind to fulfill something for them. I know if I want my dream to come true, which I do, I better help somebody else's. And I'm gonna do that as much as I can. And as much as I can. I'm doing a football camp. Uh this week, and I'm not the football camp person. But the person who I'm doing it for was in my nonprofit. He was the name was Sean Nobles. He died. He died last year, and he did so much for the community of Swainsboro. So when I was approached by doing it, I said I ain't never did no football camp, that I, I don't really do it. And my friend said, "Man, you being true, man. You tell people you're doing a football camp of Sean Nobles' legacy, and they will come out." In ways, he said, they will pay for everything. Now, mind you, I'm like, okay. I put up, I put out a post yesterday on Facebook about the camp. You know how many people have cashed at me? You know how many people have said, man, what you need? How much you need? And it's not about the money or the Gatorade, but they said, man, you, you just tell me. And it's something that is is, isn't is Foster. He's the one that's, that told me to do it. He said, man, you need to stand in who you are. Not just know. you got to stand in it. Because God knows, he, he said, you the one that told me God knows who. When God blesses us, he knows who. Like, he knows who to give it to. And uh, it's been, I mean, it, listen. And I, my post was, hey, Swansboro, Georgia, I'm doing a camera in Sean in, in Noble's legacy. It's going to be hot. I need this, this, and this, and this, and this to get it done. And when I tell you, my daddy and mom, they said, what's the address? I'm giving my mom a dad address. My daddy comes to the house and says, man, what's all this Gatorade stuff doing on my front? They, they're just packing it, you know? <laughs> so, and that's going to go on Thursday and Friday, and we'll see what happens. And it's just a chance. Like I told you earlier, you know, I may be the only guy somebody get. I may be the only joy somebody get. So we got to get out there in the heat and sweat together. I said we need cold towels. I said there ain't nothing but a towel in a in a in a, in a cooler for life. Why? Cause so these kids ain't gonna pass out on me. But I dumped the whole thing on them. I'd rather them go, uh, but I this is what this is what I'm supposed to do. And I sometimes people, other people show me what I'm supposed to be doing. I think I got it. Mm-mm-mm, they need you over here too. And there's people I said. say, hey, hey, I know you got them, but they need you over here too now. And I used to go, no, 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 no. I'll send somebody else over there. And, you know, I just, I I'm, I get a kick out of God gives me the energy that I need to do it. And, you know, come, come Thursday and Friday, it's going to be, a, it's, it ends from 11 to 2. I pick the hottest time of the day. But I'm doing it for all of us, though. Because on Saturday, we have a, um, a community fun day. For the whole community to come out, we're giving away uh, school supplies. We're going to have snow cones. We're going to have hot dogs and hamburgers. We're going to have a pool, DJ, uh video truck. So I'm using this as a means to push them today on Saturday. To show them, And I'm just the appetizer, man. The main course is on Saturday. And uh, we're going to be in the heat again. It's going to be hot again. When people say, it's hot. It's It's the summer. You know, like what do we? But uh, yeah, we um, we're gonna have some fun with that, and it's my way of telling. Just like with my grandma's great grandmother, it's my way of telling Sean Nobles, man. Your work will live on. Your vision will live on. And uh, Sean was a good dude, and he died real like it was a frantic type thing. He didn't have a diagnosis or anything. But I would say, what would Sean do if it were me? If it were me and not him, I know he would carry on. It wouldn't it, so. I'm gonna do this for Sean, and I didn't realize how big Sean's legacy was until I put Sean Noble's football camp hosted by me. Being what's your cash out, being what, what's your address, being what you need, how many whistles, how many footballs, how many cones, how many coolers. You would think I'm gonna have 200 kids, but I'm like, I don't, since I don't know, I'd rather have more than what I need. I can, I can, I can. Tailor it down, but and we'll see what happens. But uh yeah, man, just just taking it day by day.
0: I mean, that's amazing that you're carrying on the legacy like that. And it kind of shows, you know, what type of person you truly are. Um, you do things because it's the right thing to do, not that you're looking for publicity or anything like that. I mean, obviously you're gonna get publicity because you want to draw people out there, but you're not doing it to say, hey, look how great Ben Troop is. You're doing it because you truly want to help as many people as you possibly can. And I've always admired you for for what you do in the community.
2: Just doing my part. Just uh I'm trying to bring people with me. I'm trying to show people we are better and greater together. And the only way I'm gonna do it, I can't I can't make a good commercial that's edited nice, but they don't see me out there. They got to go when they say, no, he was out there with us. He was sweating out there with us. Like being the one almost passed out. He took the thing and dumped it on his head. He was the one almost, yeah. But he was out there. It's, it's like saying, Don't show, don't tell me what you do. Show me what you do. Just show me what you do. And the because I'm not this former NFL player that's doing this. I'm a Swainsboro native who played football doing this. And the more I can get these youngins and, and their parents to see I need y'all help, man. I don't do this. Can you help me? If I'm if, if I'm somewhere and I'm yelling and screaming, help me, somebody's gonna help me. Because I'm saying help me. Not can you help me? I'm saying help. And to me, I'm doing that's what that's why I go about things the way I go about things. I know the need is so great. I can only do so much. But if the car's flipped over, and ten of us are pushing it. We got a chance to flip it over. Now, if it's me by myself, if I got to summon the strength of Samson, which still ain't gonna, it still ain't gonna work. And uh, me and BJ were coming home from work one time, and uh, you know these people stranded on the side of the road, and I just went and asked them, "Man, y'all need anything?" Like, man, I just, you know, people think they got to give you the story instead of instead of the read, like instead of the why. Man, I lost my job. I said, "Yeah, yeah." I said, "What's wrong? You need some gas or something?" Like, "Yeah." So we go stores like right there. I go and get the little gas thing, put it, in a little container, get a couple of dollars at the ATM, and I give it to him. He was like, "Man," I said, "and now mind you, all I saw was him and his little girl. I ain't see it. when I came back. I saw his, his wife like sitting on the passenger side." I said, "Man, just take care of you and yours, man." We drive home. I'm taking BJ on. BJ said, "I said, man, that's why we went that way on. Like we don't usually go this way. This is not. We took the scenic route. That's why I said." You know how many people pass by him? We We just stopped. (laughs) And, you know, BJ, BJ, I always tell about, man, you always say this stuff. I said, because it's in me to say it, man. Like, we just stopped. Like, we didn't do anything. No, but we stopped. Because if you're that person, you want somebody to stop. Can I help you? What you need? I didn't ask him, what you going to do with the money? Did you really lose your job? ain't anybody got time for that, man. I ain't here to validate your story. I'm not a CSI investigator. This ain't, you know, criminal intent. Jesus. Hey, I'll be right back. You know, it's hot. You know, so it's stuff like that. It's, it's God has shown me how. Now I'm just applying the how. I'm just applying. And I always get a question when I'm doing something. Like, Man, you really, you really do this? You're like, yeah. Cause they, 'cause they're trying could they didn't done, they done Google you. Yeah, but you, yeah. That's who I was. That's not who I am. That's a listen, that's a part of me. That's not all of me. That used to be all of me. That's a part of me. Anyway. Let's, let's do it together. Let's 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 uh you know I, I'm I'm gonna tell the mayor in Swansburg, man. Hey, I want you to sponsor us building a house for a needy family. But I want you to get people in need to build it. Because the people in need build it, it shows them that they have a capacity that's greater than what they feel and we build it and we give it to them and you cut the ribbon and you know you get your ink in the paper oh man whatever you do but I'm trying to show what we can do hammer some boards do some landscaping there. because number one you're going to see building a house ain't no joke <laughs> ain't no joke but I think that if we we just we just stronger as we we just stronger as a collective as a as a collection of people and as individuals and uh, we'll see what happens, man. Like I said, I don't, I don't, I want I want my worth to be in, in 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 my work, not in not in what I say or the work, because the work is always gonna be there. You know, it's like if we all had a job, we all got fired. They gonna they done filled us that before that day is over, they done filled our slides. But the quality of my work and and how much I'm willing to put into it and the people that helped me do it and that's what I that's what I get a kick out of because I know it don't have to be I know that just like a Sean Nobles he didn't think he he would think he whatever he he would, he's thinking it's gonna be his eleventh or twelfth annual Sean Nobles football camp life happens bam it's over with who's gonna take over. Well, in my mind, I was looking to. I I want to be the person to ask the person to do it, not realizing, uh huh. Somebody gonna ask you. Again, what am I gonna do? Am I gonna say nah? So, and Sean used to be at it in the heat. And I used to look at that stuff on social media. And I was like, I'm in this phase. And he got the towel over his head with the hat on. But I just another one of my. It's like I have a requirement list, and I just write it on there. Sean Noble's football camp, and I'll put a slash. I won't put, and and then, you know, whatever whatever year it is. That way, when when the Sean Noble's football camp become a full week, then we got all these sponsors, and we saying, man, look, we just want to say this goes out to Sean Nobles and his work and what he meant to this community, stuff like that, man. Martin Luther King, Martin Luther, Martin Luther King said, "I'm, we all go into the mind. I might not, I get that with you, like I may." But we should. We still should go. Well done with you, or not stuff like that. So I, I, I just I get a kick out of it because I'd be like, if if this my life, God's like yeah, mm hmm, and I, and the, and the support I get through the roof, through the roof, like like, um, the, the greatest, the, the greatest, the greatest, the greatest thing I ever done. Is my three children. The greatest decision I ever made is who I'm going to marry. It is the greatest decision I ever made. And I haven't even asked her to marry me yet, right? But I'm going to ask her when I tell you. <laughs> oh, I, like every time people see her, they see me. And they be like, I always do this. I don't know. You know, she's going to wake up one day and realize, oh, this is really him. But until she does, that's her. <laughs> And, and my mother' name is Cheryl. The woman I'm gonna marry name is Cheryl. Mm-hmm. C H E R Y L. So, you know, hey. wow. I've been I've been saying this woman's name my whole life. You know, you know. So, hey, and that that'll you know that'll happen sometime next year, God willing. But yeah, yeah, yeah. So when people say, "Hey, man, how you do what you do?" I said, "You ever seen it? Man, I got the best support system on the planet right there, right there." So, she just looks beautiful in the face. Easy on eyes. Nice, easy on eyes.
0: Nice. We're going to take a quick break, then continue with our interview with Ben Troop. If you like what you're hearing, consider pressing that donate button in the podcast player. That money goes to continuing to provide quality content as well as to help retired players in need. If you're enjoying this interview, make sure you visit the FLA website at www.football-learning-academy.com. There you'll find more archival interviews such as Don Chula, Mercury Morris, Ken Riley, and Maxie Bond. We also have a variety of other interviews such as Amy Trask, the first female CEO of an NFL franchise. We have broadcasting and sports writing legend Leslie Visser teaching a mini masterclass class on interviewing. Nolan Harrison, a former player and current senior director at the NFL Players Association. Shannon Easton, the first female on-field official in NFL history and many more. To get access to these interviews, classes on the history of the game, a blog, and much more, go to www.football-learning-academy.com. We're back to our interview with Ben Troop. All right, you had mentioned before about your organization, The Uncommon Crew. When did you start that?
2: I started in 2020. It used to be called uh, We Win. It, it's acronym like W E A W E N, it stands for We All We Got, We All We Need. But I didn't have the support. I had the had the idea, had the energy, had the you know, enthusiasm, no support. And that's back in like 2008. Fast forward to 2020. You know, I keep getting my. Once again, my dad has his organization. He's doing things, he's, he's with the me men. I'm like, well, what am I going to do? So I said, I'm going to call it an uncommon crew. See, how are you creating a real you in an uncommon way? And because I waited it out, you know, I was able to get some people to work with me, help me do it. You got a building, and uh, just took my time. like. Even though it started in 2020, it's really, really like doing stuff now in 2023. It took time from proposals to just putting the framework together. And 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 during that time, it helped me understand the importance of structure. The importance of timing, the importance of patience, not getting ahead of myself because I said once these doors open, they can't close. Once they open up saying welcome to the oncoming crew, and uh like I said, it's a it's a it's an enrichment mentoring program. We use intrusiveness and we all in their business, right? All in their business. But it's the and the people who I'm working with been doing, been in this, in this industry. They just was looking for something to, to attach themselves to. And I got some of the best people, minds, ideas. I'm so humbled to have these people, man. I just, we have meetings. I just be like, mm, you want to do that? Uh-huh. I'm just, I said, y'all, you know, I'm not the brains. I'm, I'm the, I'm the face. I'm the voice. I'm the one uh, that can stand. Look, I'm always going to have my, my, uh, my, 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 uh, my support staff, my um, my board, I'm always at it back. So when it comes to being, you. I talk to whomever. However, it's always going to be respectful who I'm talking to. But uh, it's been fun. It really has. It's been a journey. But my the main thing I'm going to give these young boys is consistency. Just I'm not here to chastise them. You ain't never going to do this. You ain't never going to do that. I'm here to tell them, what do you want to be? like. And they said, "Well, Ben, what do you do in this program?" I said, "I build bridges. Building bridges means connecting two entities that, without it, would not connect. They here, they want to go there. I'm the bridge. My goal is to show them how to build bridges, be bridge builders themselves, and uh, we're uh, we're change agents. I don't want the same. So we we here to change the status quo of how we are doing things, and uh, but we do it in a way that's." fruitful for everybody involved. That's why I said I'm doing this camp. Instead of going to sponsors, I'm I'm gonna just go to the people. And when the people say, how do we do this? Y'all did it. Y'all did it. We did it. I didn't go to no, this ain't sponsored by no sponsored by the people. We just came, we just went on a, we just, we just had an etiquette camp two days with them, then we took them to Atlanta. We went to Clark, Atlanta, we went to uh, Atlanta Metro took them to two colleges, took them to David buses. We just had a ball, man. We had a ball with these. Kids. They learned about culture and history and tradition and what college uh, is like compared to school. And they listen to these stories, they look at these monuments,
1: and I'm just,
2: I'm just letting exposure do it. The exposure is doing it. The conversation going up there wasn't the conversation coming back. They talking, man. I might go to Atlanta Metro. I might go. Here I am, a former athlete talking about academia, talking about the importance of controlling what you can control and. Uh, one of the guys in my room named Jonathan Hampton, he's the president. He says, better grades get you better schools. Better schools get you better jobs. Better jobs get you better pay. Better pay get you a better life. And I believe that. I'm like, yep, what he said. And then they asked me, well, Mr. truth, what do you I said, I believe in character. Character is who we are. Character is what we do. But most importantly, it will decide what we become. And we just, these are the people I work with in this house. It's, it, it's fun. It's been. It's fun. It's gonna be a journey, like I said. But it's my job to give them them through us without telling them they're not gonna make it. But what my grandma did for me, their vine tree, it's called Uncomical, and I'm not gonna tell them they're not swinging it. I'm just gonna tell them be yourself. Because I want our principles in the in the in the uh, in the group is. Um, Zero disrespect tolerated. Zero disrespect, and you are willing to give one hundred percent effort, one hundred percent of the time. So if you are here, ain't no, I don't want to do this. You said you were willing to give one hundred percent effort, and uh, it's working because when they do things, our reinforcement to them doing things is not what they know we used to. We yell at them, screaming at them. We ask them, how could we have done this better? How could we have made a better decision? How can we not keep filtering our emotions through the same thing? Like, you got to learn how to channel your emotions because if you can't channel them, they're going to control you and it's not going to end up well. And it's, the, like I said, the fun day this Saturday is going to be there. It's going to be an uncommon Crew, sponsored community. hand you No know, people ask me, man, how, you know, people, I, you know, I, I said, man, look at my support staff. Don't look at me, man. I, ain't, I just helped set up these balloons floaty these machines or whatever. But I just, listen, I live in the spirit of Cora, Neloise, and Miley True, my grandmas. Those the people, the, the, their spirit flows through me every time. So when I don't feel like it, one of them kick me. Well, you better go. Man, I can't do that. Yeah, you can. Man, they ain't, don't nobody want to see me. Yeah, they do. It's like they won't let me throw the pity party. The melancholy is me. If I said if I would have told my grandma I'm melancholy, she was like, "Boy, you you might want to get some penicillin or something," cause she want to know what that is. What that boy got the melancholy? Get him out of my house. She don't know. She, she don't know. So they didn't feel sorry for them. My my mom, uh, my mom's mom died of a uh, liver cancer, right? And after she died, right? Well, no, no. When we got the diagnosis. It was already a stage five. It was at the worst stage. So they showed us all these black spots. The whole thing was black. My grandma said, if you're going to treat me any different because of a diagnosis, don't come around me. Just treat me like Treat me like people, right? Treat me like people. Now, she when now, I mean, she died from it, right? When my grandma died, my mama said, oh, yeah, but she overcame breast cancer. So in my grandma's mind, she said cancer had to come back. Because I defeated it. It had to come back. That's mentality, man. Like It got me the second time, but I defeated it before. So I ain't scared of it. I ain't scared of it. I, and <laughs> my mom, my mom's mom, workaholic, she, she wanted a concrete slab on the back of the house. My, mama, so my, mama, my mom and my aunties and uncles, they called my grandma by her first. They don't call her mama, they call her Cobra. This is the weirdest thing. They call her Cobra. They did this as they were young. Cobra this, Cobra coworker, that, craziness. When my grandma died, before she died, she got a concrete slab, right? And she had two insurance policies. One paid for her funeral. The other one paid for her house. And she left money to my mom, my two aunties, and my uncle. Her only dying wish was, don't sell the house. My mama, my grandma was a bad mama jamma. You hear me? Bad mama jamma. She said, and I quote, y'all did not take care of me financially in life. I'm not going to place a burden on you and my death. My grandma's the truth now. That's and and P.S. She's talking to my mama Cheryl. That's my mom. I got the concrete slab. Just just throw a little jab at you. <laughs> I still got it. <laughs> so I just I just finding that humor and you know my bro, these people are. It's the people I come from. So man, man. Uncommon crew was always in me, and I enjoy. People say so you're the founder of. I so say yeah. You know, I, you know, I got in Corporation. I got a five one C three. I got you know. It's I said, but because I do it and I don't talk about it, I said it's in the work, man. People say, "What y'all do? Come over. I will show you. Come through." Like like when we have a session, we'll invite you over. You want to? Cause we do uncommon speaking on Wednesdays to where they come in on Wednesdays during the during the school year, and all they did to do is do two things. They no, no, no. they didn't did listen. They didn't ask questions. They didn't be respectful. And we do that for an hour, and we see y'all. We see them six times a month. We see them every Wednesday uh, for uh, uncommon um, speaking series, and we see them two Saturdays out the month, from like eight to one, to really give them the curriculum. Like we, because it's hard to spend time with them. But when people say how do y'all see them, they say they see us every week, and we gonna have. You know, we have check ins, and it's. You know, they think we. You know, they think we want to be them. They be like, Ben's true. You wish it was me, right? Like, yeah, I wish I was at my mama's house, begging for mama to cook some spaghetti. No, no. I'm trying to make it so that when you graduate, you got your mama's house. I'm trying to make it so that you marry the woman you have children with. You know, you you are upstanding citizen and you're an asset to this world, not a liability. That you do for other people, that you that you that you build bridges, and that's what I care about. I don't care how much money you make i don't care how much how big your house is i care about the person that you are afraid to show to the world that's what i'm talking to so you know and i don't want i said people that people that don't want nothing from you are the people you need in your corner they don't got hidden agendas. what they say is who they are it's right here in front of you so i you know these younger man they just talk trash all the time they you know, so they probably plotting on me right now. they probably coming together. we to get this dude. <laughs> no, but it's carrying on the family legacy. Like I said, my daddy got men rich men, So I'm going to send some of these young men to his organization. I want to make sure they read it. I'm sending them to my daddy. And I'll go, you know, you leave this one or that one. And hopefully one day you become a member because my membership has a time limit. His membership is not. So being a member over there, you can do it for life. You're going to be a man. You ain't, you ain't, you ain't going backwards. So, hey, it's, it, it's humbling is what it is because I, I ain't see myself doing this. That whole, what do you see yourself doing in five years? I used to be like not in jail. I used to say I was like, not in jail. I ain't going to be in jail. I, my mama said, stop saying that What I ain't. But it's now, I say, man, just doing it for people a year from now month from now day from now do it for others because the more I do from others I'm keeping my promise of dying selfless I'm keeping my promise I want to die selfless I don't want uh you know, I don't need anything hey amen make sure when I die I got my diamond chain on get out of here like you know it's a, no make sure that when I die everybody wears white it's a celebration and they laugh that's going to be my wish, that they laugh, that they went white, and it's a celebration. Why? Because I live, man. I did it. Like, I, you know, because, and, you know, I don't want to be, oh, don't mourn me, you know, and don't be up in the, in, in the Catholicism, I'm wake up, because if I wake up, then I'm going to clear the whole church out, huh? <laughs> and the whole church is, so, yeah, I just, and that's, hey, I, I don't know. I for my children, to family, to my future wife, to my my current life. God is too good to me, man. He really is. like you know the whole no. You being true this, that's a you being true that. Like what does that mean? And I was like, what does that mean? And people start telling you stuff, man. That means, man. You they'll say, man. You always doing this and that. You don't. They'll say you always talk to people. You don't talk down to people. And I'm thinking. Well, well, what am I supposed to do? They'll say, I don't know. I said, well, y'all need to stop watching, quote, celebrities on TV. Like, you know, like if a person is a jerk with money, they they're a jerk without money. Money just reveals what you've always been. What are you talking about? And I think, but, but you know what? When I hear them say, man, it's a certain level of respect that you show people, that stuff stays with them. Because you don't got to do it. You don't blow people off, like no. You don't say, man. I don't, I don't got time. Man, I don't do no autograph. And to me, because you know, they, you know, they say you could just be being yourself, which I am. They say, yeah, but that stuff, that stuff resonates, man. Because he said, if you dealt with a hundred people and all these, all these stories are similar, there's not, there's no outlier. Oh, he cussed me out. No one says that. And if they did, they would. Yeah, you're lying. Like, they the, the other ninety-nine wouldn't believe it. And he goes, "Do you know how impeccable that is? A hundred people that don't know each other is telling the same story because they're talking about the same person." So if I went to Chick Fil A corporate office and I and I you know, and that was in there talking about the CEO and they got all these words and they like passionate, loving, giving, supportive. These are words that his friend said about him. They got a big and they got a picture of Jesus in there, a statue of Jesus in there, gold watching somebody feed. That's what they got in the corporate office. So <laughs> I don't know what they're gonna say about me. I'm gonna give them something to say though. I don't, I don't care what they say about me. I'd rather them say, oh man, when I was dealing with him, you know, because I don't know why not, you know, like, I mean, thank God um, my go- one of my goals in life and dream of life is to host the airspace, right, or the football awards, right, and I'm all suited up, got a tuxedo on, and I walk out, and I fall, I trip and fall. Go, oh, my, only reason why I want to do that, because my mama going to be going, oh, my God, he fell, uh, and she think it's all about her. Oh, my God, he fell. She's going to be texting me. Mama, they can edit that out. You know, because, and I'm going to stand up there and say, listen, anybody that say dreams don't come true, they don't dream with their eyes open. If you dream with your eyes open, you see it. Because every time you dream, you can never remember. I think it was, you, or you can't interpret it. You can't remember, or I can't interpret. it. But when I say I dream with my eyes open, how do you see the Han Karma crew being? I said I thought I was going to have no support, no members, no nothing. Now I got a big support staff, all these... Why? Because I got tired of being disappointed. The only thing leading to disappointment is, is expectation. But without expectation, there is no life. There is no life without expectation. So I had to make a decision. Either I'm willing to be disappointed or I'm dead already. I'm not physically dead. I'm mentally dead. Well, I want to live. So I got expectations. But... I don't place expectations in the people, I place it in myself, and whatever God sent me is a bonus. That's why I enjoy it. Whatever he sends me is a bonus. So people go, how many kids you think, how many kids you think gonna show up to that camp? No, but I'm gonna have plenty of water for them, though. When they get out there, I'm gonna let go. You know, because I'm used to being waited on, catered to, not because of who I was, but because of the position I held. I was the CEO of Ben Troop Enterprises when I worked for the Tennessee Titans and, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Oakland Raiders and the Florida Gators. Well, because I represent a huge entity, people associate me with that. So I know what it's like to be in an event like Forrest Gump. I call it the Forest Gump event. I drop a fork on the ground. And they, won't let me, uh, they won't let me pick it up. They'll pick it up and get me a brand new one. They'll run and get me another one. Or oh, I take something to drink. They say, "Would you like, would you like your coke in a can or a glass?" I'm like, "I like a cold with ice." What? I like a cold with ice. <laughs> <laughs> and they'll say, "Is this, They'll say, "Is that no ice? Is that cold?" And I'm sitting there like, "Is this? Is this real?" Most people, I said, "Yeah." I mean, let's listen. I'm like, "Listen," I said, "Do me a favor. Yeah. Go get me. A, go get me a can of coke, and I can pour my own coke." And the guy says, "We, we they won't allow us to let you do that." what they take a the little coke i'm like this i said so i here and drink a whole thing of coke right now you're gonna feel yep i'm feeling right I'm like, eh? i drunk so much coke that day <laughs> my stomach just full of coke I'm just, but it, i just get a kick out of it so nah i i, I just i just want to do my part i want to do god's will i want to do my part i want peace of mind in that order i want to do god's will i want to do my part and i peace of mind. and my part could be anything Husband, father, son, service worker, whatever. And uh, pray that God continue to bless me because the more he blessed me with, the more I can do. The more he give me, the more I can give away. You know, because I don't want it. I don't, you know. I used to be bad, though. When I lived in town in Florida, I, I had a three-car garage, and one of the garages didn't have a car, and it had all shoes in it, like a footlocker storage room. I had like 500 shoes in it. It was ridiculous. I've come a long way since then, and I just know that my life is supposed to intersect with a perfect stranger. I don't know who that stranger is, but the more I prepare myself for the opportunity that doesn't, that doesn't exist, I'm going to be ready when it does. I do that every day. Prepare yourself for the person you don't even know you're supposed to meet, the interaction you don't even know you're supposed to have. When I was in Jacksonville, Florida, I got in the red. It was raining, and my car kind of went through the light, and I hit this lady. That was that was. I, I went through the light, and I hit her, old lady. And she and then we pull over, and she got this look on her face, uh, cause she's looking at my car compared to her car. She's looking at me compared to her. And you know who this guy, right? And she she has this look on her face, like, "Why did you hit me?" And she's going up there. She's going up there. and all I said was, I "Ain't gonna let nothing happen to you." I'm gonna take care of you. That's all I said. I said, I ain't gonna let nothing happen to you. I'm gonna take care of you. I said that until she said someday. So finally, she says, You ain't gonna let nothing happen to me. You're gonna take care of me. I go, Yes. It's finna rain. She got the car. I look and there's a little girl in the back. I said, Oh God. So I said, I said, I said, I opened her door. I said, Mama, can you do I'm trying to make sure that she's all right. All right. She had, we have the same insurance company. I give her my insurance card, I get hers, and she drive off. And I say, you know what? This don't seem right. So we go down the road, I don't know, like a couple of hundred yards, not even far, at a little restaurant, a little Chinese restaurant. She pulls up, I pull up. I said, ma'am, hold on for a second. Let me call my people on the line right now, and I'm going to tell them what happened, and you're going to tell them what happened. You're going gonna to tell my people what happened on my phone. It's in the rain, right? She said, you going to let me use your phone? Like, yeah. you going to let, you ain't going to tell me what to say? No. You tell them exactly what happened. She said, what if my car won't make it to the house? I said, I will get you a tow truck to your house. How am I going to get home? I'll let you get in, the, get in my car. We'll drive you home. This Everything she's saying, she don't believe what she's hearing coming back. By the time this interaction is over, they said, y'all want some eat? You want to get you something to eat? No, no, no. Because what it is, is good humanity is infectious, but most of us don't give it. We want it, but we don't give it. I just didn't give her the same energy she was giving me. I just gave her love and compassion back to her. I said, said, Mom, I ain't going to let nothing happen to you. Because she's looking at her and me, my stuff and her stuff, and she's equating me to the stuff. And I said, I care about the person driving the stuff. I don't care about the stuff. That's a car. And when it was all said and done, man, I said, look, I'm telling her my whole thing. Like, I'm on the phone. They say, yeah, you got up to $65,000. I got that much. Oh, ma'am, if you got to get her a new car, get her a new one. And <laughs> when we driving home, me and BJ, I just told him, man, God uses every situation, man. If we, if we really pay attention. And by the time it was said and done, I'm all soaking wet from the water. The the little girl, you know, she's okay. I said, Mama, when I told her, I ain't going to let nothing happen to you. She said, well, what am I? She going to pay for I will come out of my pocket to make sure that your car is all right. I ain't seen that lady since then. I hope to run into her again. I really do. And uh, it was just, it was, I was in Jacksonville that day trying to promote my book. And uh, we was doing it all day, you know, at all these places, like libraries, different stuff. I was there to meet her. I was there to get in the wreck and meet this lady. That's why I was there. That's what I. Re- that's what I realized. To show her that good humanity, God's love still exists. I am. two people, because uh, at first she had that Cruella Deville on her face. Yeah, you know, she was ready to rip, boy. This lady, she would have fought me if I would have hit her harder. She was ready to just. I didn't. I didn't hit her. You know, my car, my truck, my my truck was so much bigger than her car. I didn't hit her, but the Just the uh, the size of her car, my car, it just looked worse than what it was. Hey, man, she was able to drive home. I thought, I said, I said, Were you going to punch me in the face? She said, Yeah, I'm going to punch you in your face. (laughs) I said, Well, I wasn't going to hit you back. It was going to hurt. I ain't going to hit you back. Yeah. So it was cool, though, man. And it was, uh, that uh, is my, hopefully, it's my last wreck. I've been to a couple of wrecks in this car. This ain't the, I don't believe in luck, but if it, if I did, this car would be unlucky. But uh, that's that's all it is. It's just hopefully one day I'll run into these people I've had interactions with again, and I get to say, "Remember me?" Because usually people tell me, "Remember me, Ben? Do you remember me?" I don't. They don't ever get. Do you? They don't ever get me saying that to them. You remember me? When I hit you right there? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Did they take care of you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I got a new car now. Boom. And also stuff like that, like just not taking me serious at all. Taking life serious when it calls for My kids, they don't think I'm, they don't think I'm all that. If I can't get them a new iPhone, they, 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 they birthday list be looking like. I said, "Who do y'all think I am? Your phone is not gonna be better than mine. Why? Oh, daddy, why not? What do you? Mean? You know it's craziness, so." I'm trying. I'm not trying. I'm looking to just give it all I got for as long as I can for as, for, for as, much, as much as I can. And pray to God give me the energy to keep going because like I said I started off I'm a country boy by heart. I don't, I don't need a lot. At a certain point of my life I started wanting stuff. But then you know I always say, Lord, give me faith, give me faith, give me faith. And he said, well, do you know what faith is? And I said, yeah, faith is the substance of all things for evidence of things not seen. He said, yeah, it's the substance. It's not style. you chasing something that changes. Substance does not change. And once I started getting these revelations, I'm like, okay, okay. So, you know, my friend is, oh, boy, you still buy your T-shirts at Walmart? Yep, because I can get five in a pack. Yep. And they cost, you know, $10, $20. I said sometimes it was one time it was like $25. And I went up to the lady. I said, hey man, y'all you y'all triple this inflation. This lady said, Are you arguing about a price? Yes, ma'am. Y'all need to reduce these prices. She said, You cut me out all the time. I said, Well, give me mine for like she'll say, I said, give me mine. Give me the one that fell out the truck. You know, you know, the shipment that fell out the truck and y'all still selling it. Give me that one. My 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 boss should have a dent in it. Hmm. Cause this is what you know. <laughs> I get that from my daddy. My mama can't stand at it about us. We'll walk in the restaurant. She'll say, the, the, the menu, the price is what the price is on the menu. My daddy go, that's just chicken though. Hold on. Do we really got to pick? Well, mama's, I ain't dealing with y'all. Y'all are embarrassing. I'm like, what? Mama, this chicken cost $30. Where did you get the chicken from? My daddy said, that's that free range chicken. I said, Dad, do you know what that means? He goes, no. But it costs a lot. I said, okay. So give us the free range or the, the whatever. The, the uncaged chicken. Oh, so the chicken wasn't in the cage, it cost 30? Well, give me the chicken in the cage. Jesus. <laughs> but now, nah, man, it's uh, just doing this with you humbles me because it makes me reflect. It makes me reflect on where I am, where I've been, where I'm going. And it's, it do something to my spirit, man. It really does because I know what i not got to be don't got to be so when I'm giving people everything I got it's no surprise that God said now watch what I do watch what I do because if God can't trust me with it what am I asking for it for like when people say why did I got this yet because he know he know how you really are he know if he gives it to you you awful now you're gonna be God awful with him because God the one gave it to you so I just I just I just want to do my part I really do and I just want to have no keep having fun doing it and uh just one day somebody's gonna invite me to do something I ain't got no business doing you know and I'm gonna and I'm gonna say I gotta win see know yeah I say it's gonna be a red carpet like, yeah I'm gonna say this is it I get to fall TV so then I'm gonna, I ain't gonna tell my mom and I'm gonna invite out my family <laughs> And I would win an award. I ain't got no business winning. They're going to say, the war goes to. And I would say, uh-oh. Would be like, I'm shaking I've seen the videos. I know how you're supposed to do. You get up, you go. And you shake people's hands. And then I'm going to fall. Oh, I'm going to fall. I'm going to fall over them steps. But no, I'm going to get up there and say, Swainsboro, Georgia, thank you. To my family, thank you. To anybody and everybody that's ever given me an opportunity to say what's on my heart. To the world, thank you. Because when I was growing up, man, I didn't think nobody wanted to hear from me. What? Why? But then when you get old enough and realize that someone says it's not that it's not what you're saying, Benjamin, it's that you're willing to say it. Most of us, we ain't willing to say it. You're just going to say it because I know I'm speaking for more than me. My my, my book is, is about a love story of a of a, of a son and a father who both trying to find themselves through each other. A mother who was able to just be a superhero for her children while trying to figure out who she is as a woman and a mother. Siblings that gave my brother and my sister on my left and right wing. That's why I can fly because of them. Even my baby sister, Carolina. My children are my purpose. And my, and the story was so compelling Somebody going to ask my dad in front of my mama, John, I read the son's book, man. He wrote, wrote a lot about you, man. He said, man, you, you think about writing your own book? My dad ain't finna write nothing. He like, yeah. It got on my mama's nerves so bad. She's like, just be quiet. You're not going to. But it's, it's and, and I appreciate the pandemic for this reason alone. Gave me a chance to write my book. If I write this book anytime before, I make it all about me. I mean, people hear the Ben Trooper story and think it's all about Ben. No, I mean it's all about my people placing things, these experiences. So I got to tell my daddy's story, I gotta tell my mom, I gotta tell my brother, I gotta tell my sisters, and I gotta tell mine. Because they their stories is intertwined with mine. There I am nothing without them. I got to write letters to people in there. And I just appreciate how it was, how it was done, not that it was done. So every time, I do engagements now. So, and when they say, hey, Ben, are you going to bring some of your books? I'd be forgetting. Oh, I do got a book. It's, it's I go, I got a author now. It's like, Ah, uh, Inky Johnson said, you come out the womb looking like your parents, you die looking like your decisions. And I believe that. I believe that with everything in me. I will die looking like the decisions I made. So, you know, I want to. I want God to keep blessing me to make the best decision there is, and not just for the moment, but for the the many moments after. And um, see what happens, man. Because you know, like I said, I uh, here I am. You know, so my grandma, my grandparents up there in heaven saying that with well, that boy again, who, man, man, he doing something again. He doing, but they're they're looking down on me. And I hope they understand how proud I am to be a part of them, how proud I am to know have known them, and how proud I am just, just a just in knowing that none of them, none of them took the dream from me. I'm a dreamer, man. I tell my son, the only thing, the only difference between you and me, son, is what we dream about. I never stop dreaming because they didn't take it from me. They didn't say, "Boy, you ain't." Gonna do this? You ain't gonna do that? They said, "Boy, you crazy? You weird?" But I support you because it don't got to be what I want for you. I want for you what you want for you. That way, I'm pushing you to what you want instead of dragging you to what I want for you. Because you got to drag people to what you want for them. You you can push them. They'll 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 bring you with them if, if it's something they want for themselves. I'm gonna I'm a, I'm gonna have more energy bringing you with me than you than you having to drag me over there. So here we are. And Every time I come on here with you, I understand that the people listening, I want them to know that who you are and what you are is the same. That's the greatest. You are the greatest. There were, me and my son have the same name, but we are not the same person. And what you capable of cannot be measured, man. You know, when they said our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate, but that we are powerful beyond measure, I had a friend tell me, boy, wake up in the morning and look in the mirror and say, I'm the one until you believe and do it every day. You're not the supreme being, you're not God, but you're the one. Because if you ain't the one, you're not going to meet them. If you don't believe you're the one that can reshape some, some other person's trajectory strictly because of what you did for them, not that you needed anything, but I'm the one to change it all. I'm the one. And we are the one though. It ain't just me. And he said, it changes how you look at life. change how you look at people. change how you look at things. change how you go about it. And I know I'm the one from this, from this standpoint. I'm the one because God put it in me to tell as many as I possibly can. We can do it together. We can. Things exist because we want it to. Hunger, poverty, indifference, hate. We want it to exist. That's why it exists. And as soon as we decide no more, it's it. I was I was in New Jersey working in New York when the mayor of New York of New York, New York said this is during the uh, coldest part of the winter. He says homeless people uh, homeless people can no longer sleep outside during the winter. Not not ten of them. Every last one of them was given shelter. Mind you, I didn't say they found it and they were given it. Because so many of them were dying in their sleep. They died like this. They, is they so cold? What bothers me about that is those same shelters were available before the decision was made, but no one made them. Sometimes we got to use our power to make people do things they're uncomfortable doing, but if they're the greater good of people, I can live with that decision. I'm just using my power, right. My superpower is, man. I'm gonna do my part. I'm gonna show up. They might say no, but let but, but people tell you about this about me. That say, well, Ben, boy, don't tell him no. What that boy will show up every day, or he'll show up the places that 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 you are. You in the restaurant? He on the corner? Yes. I'm gonna say, listen. The quicker you tell me yes, the quicker we can move on to greater things. I said, cause I'm not doing this for me. And God told me to knock on your door. I'm not just doing this because I'm that bright. And, you know, I said, and then when they finally see it, they say said, what do you want? Okay. I said, negotiations have changed. I said, we ain't, we ain't starting to negotiate. Well, if you would have talked to me a year ago, it would have been an easy, easy fix now. But I just, like I said, I'm talking to the part of people they don't think I see. I can see it. But that's what my grandma spoke to. With that vine tree. I, I showed it to her. I said, "Grandma, Grand," I said, "I said, Mom, this is me." And when she said, "Show me," I stood there for a second, tucked my shirt in, put the put the put the stick in my. Let's 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 show her for real. And then when I came down, and she said, "Be careful, just be careful, all right? Yeah, you know, just be careful." Cause before then, I'm swinging through the trees, having fun, but no one knows. That's my own little oasis. But then when my grandma was yelling for me, I said, dang, man, now she, my identity, uh-oh, she knows now because I'm sweating. What what you sweating for? Nothing. <laughs> you know, don't want to lie to your great-grandma. I'm just, what you doing? When I told her. And she told me, it's okay. You no longer have to sneak to be who you are. You can be who you are, and I, I know it. Now I didn't understand this when you were six and seven. And I'm forty years old. Now I get to tell other people, man, be who you are. The world needs who you are, not what you had. It needs who you are. Yeah, but they go. They're talking about you not being who you are. So now they love you for who you're not. They can hate you for who you are because you can love who you are. And then that's all I'm telling. And I'm just listen. As long as as long as I'm doing my part, I don't care what the part is. Boy. Whatever it is. Ben, do you got to be in the front? Nope. When I played football, I did not play you know, in a position. It, it, it is now. I played tight end. I didn't play quarterback or wide receiver. I didn't play running back. Right? I, I played tight end. But God put it to me to do my part in a way that people started noticing. Who was that? Him. Because I embraced the greater concept of collective achievement and not individual praise. I didn't need it. I don't need it now. And because I embraced the big thing, God gave me little things for me. Not things that I wanted or asked for, but I'll take it. When I was a college man, I didn't care about no praise or accolades or, uh, or, uh, you know, awards. And that's what God gave me. That's what came with it. Only game I ever cared about when I was in college was the Florida Georgia game because I'm from I'm from the state of Georgia. I went to the University of Florida. I did not want to lose to Georgia. I never lost to them my four years in college. We played the Florida the Florida Georgia game had in the, the history of the Florida Georgia game has only been played at night one time, and that was in 2002. And the guy that caught the game with a touchdown pass to beat Georgia name was Ben True. So in high school. I was in the Florida-Georgia high school All-Star game for the Georgia All-Stars. I catch the game-winning two-point conversion to beat Team Florida, and the quarterback that threw it to me was David Green. In 2002, I catch the game-winning touchdown pass who beat Georgia, playing in Florida, and the starting quarterback for Georgia is David Green.
0: Wow. (laughs) So,
2: and the thing about it is, is God gave me a legacy. Four year time span, and now when I'm doing what I'm doing, and you know, people, are, you you did for you, you know, I think I think it's always humbling because it didn't have to be. I, when I caught that t- touchdown pass, um beginning of the fourth quarter my junior year in college against Georgia, I didn't think it was going to be the game winner, but it was. You don't realize it's a game winner to the game over to the reporter. Man, you caught the game winner. What? And uh, fast forward to 2015, the Florida Georgia Game Hall of Fame inductees come out, and it's Chris Leak and Jabbar Gaffney of Florida. And I didn't even know it was the Florida Georgia Game Hall of Fame. I didn't know that. That's how prestigious the game is. So I reached out to the Florida Georgia Game for me to through Twitter. I said, hey, man, I said, congratulations, Jabo congratulations, Chris. Played with both of them And Florida. Chris Leak's uh, uh, freshman year was my senior year. Played with Jabar Gaffney for a couple of years. Incredible receiver. Reach out to the community and said, man, I think that's pretty cool, man, that y'all guys got a game. And if my name ever come up, I would be so humbled to be an inductee for the Florida Georgia game Hall of Fame. The guy reaches back and said, Ben true, if your name comes up, I believe you will be a first ballot. Now mind you, I'm thinking, all right, you know, I'm like, all right. Cause I have this thing. If that don't have to people like us, it's 2016. I'm coming from some engagement. I look down and that same uh, person on the Florida-Georgia game D committee, sends me a DM and says, Ben True, congratulations, you best men inducted to the Florida-Georgia game Hall of Fame. And I go, uh, nice try. Uh, that's good, though. that Y'all got me this time. Because I'm all said so Y'all got me, man. Y'all finally got me. And then I go to Twitter. And it's everywhere. Ben True, you know, uh, Jeff Chandler, the great Vern Lundquist, who, one of the best announcers, it's getting in that's his that's his last Georgia game, Florida game. And when I realized it, and when I realized it was real, I just pulled my cover and I just sat there. I said, This is real. And then somebody said, No, this is forever. See, a hall of fame means they don't want you to be forgotten. You did something that was just a little bit above what everybody else was doing to be recognized. And when I'm sitting there at the Florida Georgia game Hall of Fame uh, inductee uh, dinner like my mom and dad and my brother and my sisters and my niece and my nephew and only one of my children, my little girl, my youngest, she was there. I remember being at the head table. We just playing with each other like she put her, she put her table so I could see her. And I'm looking at the inductees, man. And I'm like, hey, and when they got to me, you know, I'm, I'm real close to the to the mic. And I, I mean I got to get up and go stand in front of it, it just times to still. Because these people were clapping, man. I'm seeing people that was that was administrators when I was in college, Jeremy Foley, the old um, the former uh uh athletic director. He sitting next to me, telling me how proud he was of me, man, like being you, you the type of player person. He said, he said, we recruited a player and you gave us an incredible person. And I'm and I'm saying to myself, man, I'm trying my best not to cry, man. Just leave me alone. I'm, try- I'm trying to keep it together, Jim. And I'm going up. And, and it's funny because when you get up there, all that emotion comes. Because you realize you did it. Even if you wasn't trying to do it. And it's forever. You know, it's you you're looking at it, you saying, Dang, man, that's crazy. I don't know what it meant to my mother and uh, father or my brother and sister. But the next day, the game, they said, who are you going to pick to go on the field with you? Because you, now you get recognized on the field. And I, I said, I'm going to take my brother. He's loving it. My brother, Mr. Big Bad Marine, don't nothing get to him care. Yeah, you know, I'm just out with my brother. And my brother looks. We get on the field and my brother looks to the left and he sees it, Tim Tebow. And my brother lost it. Like, I didn't know my brother was a fanboy. Boy, he saw Tebow. Oh, I know. It's Tim Tebow. You know, it's Tim Tebow. You know, tight shirt. You know, super tight shirt, right? Tightest shirt in the world. Black shirt. You know, nice dude that we took a picture with him or whatever. And then they announced me and, and, and you get the throw the crowd. We watch, we we up in the suite with all the inductees and they come back from commercial. My nephew's father went to Georgia, but he got on the Florida show. They got on my 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 daughter, my niece, my nephew all got on orange Florida Gator show. They come off, they come off the the commercial and they got the camera on them and they playing this music and they look up on the jumbo truck and they see themselves and they start dancing. They 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 getting with it, right? That was the best. And with everybody cheering, that was the best part of the whole thing. That God showed me, man, it's for them, man. Like they got to go, you know, we was in this nice suite, man. It was nice, man. Nice. I said, Oh, this is how games is in the suite. And I asked the lady how much of sweet is. She said, Oh, they go about six thousand. Okay, well, I'm gonna be out here now. I'm not gonna be up here. This might let me take a picture in here. Because but it was, and so. I want to give that away to people. Say, hey, when you don't care about who gets the glory, when you don't care about if they know it was you, when you just show up and give your best and whatever happens, your life is grand, man. Because you care more about being in the room than being the person in the room. No, I want to be there, but I don't got to be the one. And, uh, to talk to some of those former administrators, Ben, man, man, we so proud of you, man. Remember you when you got to college at 17 years old. And all this stuff. They said, man, it couldn't have happened to a better dude, man. We just so happy for you. You know, they they crying with you because they like, man, they say because you the ones we brag about at home to our wives and kids, man. We walk in and say, they got this kid. this dude, this. And he said, Sport is just a way for us to introduce ourselves. We just made each other do sport. You, you know, you, you, you on the scene, I'm behind the scene. He said, but you was always, yes, sir. No, sir. Yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. Country boy. Yeah. You know, you was the one that, you know, when they asked you what you wanted on the menu, when you was a scene, you said, I want fried cash, fit fillets, I want cheese grits, and I want biscuits and syrup. You said, you wanted biscuits. Answer, I said, yeah, but I want the syrup to be hot. What? I said, "Listen, I don't know what y'all doing," man. and we started eating outside. It's, I don't know. I, I just know that to the people out there, man, just keep being yourself, man. Don't, don't worry about what the naysayers say. We don't even know who the naysayers are. I don't like the they, and them, and naysayers. And uh, love every minute of it. You know. Treat treat life like a roller coaster. Strappy. And going <laughs> to start going. But it's like people strap in and go, I like, don't look back at me. You better look at it. When this thing over, But Once it starts, you don't control it. The last time you control it is when you walk down the line and that thing went, and the first thing you say is, hey man, this thing going to come open. Isn't it? Have y'all had an accident? Oh, God. You know, it's, 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 it's hey, love every minute of it, man. Cause when you yelling and screaming, you living. And then the ride stops, and then you get off. You know, and it's like which which one is life? Life is both. Just don't look don't look for life through the thrill. Hey man, just like I said, I got I got a date with some young kids Thursday and Friday in the heat, and I'm gonna say shut up about the heat. I don't want to hear about the heat. It's hot out here. You're sweating. I said, if you're not sweating, that's a problem. If you out here, man, I don't even feel nothing. Well, you need to go over there. We need to call the ambulance for you. But no, we just take it as it is and just I appreciate these opportunities with you, man. I really do. Because, you know, I hope one day God affords me the opportunity to just go and continue to go to these college campuses. Have these conversations with these young people just to, just to have court. I said, look, man, people. I said, what y'all think I'm Aristotle? What, what, what y'all think I'm? You know, y'all think I'm going to say something super duper brilliant? No, I'm going to say, uh, what did you do for others today? The question is, what did I? What if my life was, didn't help? Wasn't here to help better another life? I'm not saying you wasted your life. I'm saying you wasted your time. I ain't saying you wasted your life. And I said, "What you mean?" I said, "Because the greatest thing you can do is for other people, and watch what it does for them." I said, "Every baby came out the womb needed that white stuff to grow bigger, and that's called milk. Every last one of us, and some of us, unfortunately, were lactose intolerant as infants, and that's that's a, that's awful. That is awful. That is wow. But somebody gave you nourishment to help you grow." That's all you doing with people when you're doing for, people, you're, doing for them. you're helping them grow. You just and uh watch it be a lot of kids, man. I just can feel it. It's gonna be like 150 150 them, and fifty of 'em. And they're gonna be going, hey, it's hot out here. I'm like, shut up. I'm gonna I'm gonna get some water gun out of just spray. I said turn into a water gun. <laughs> turn into a water gun if I am shooting them, but yeah, why not, man? I wish my kids could be there. My kids got to go on the uh my kids got to see me in my my non uh, nonprofit. They got to see what I do and how I do. They got to go on the trip with us, got to go to the etiquette camp. So it's such a blessing to have my little ones there. And uh my daughter told one of the kids in the camp, uh I get to sit where I want. This is my dad's organization. So I get to sit in the front, get in the back. I'm like, yeah, yeah. He said, Well, it's true. This person. Uh, no, man, it's, it's just humbling coming on with you, man. It really is. It's just, when I, I'll tell the show, I said, when I got to go with the footballer and the campus, I, I said, man, that's why I get to just, you know, let it out, man. Like, you know, I take, I, I have therapy sessions now, man. I go to therapy now. And when I talk to my short, my therapist, man, this Jennifer is so free, man. So free. That's what I feel now. I feel free. I said, my brother and my sister to all my left and right wing man and they are though they are so if they see this i never did. i know how, i'm the reason why you be flying are you i heard you on the. <laughs> <laughs> no nah, man it's it's humbling it really really is i appreciate you always having me on I really really do
0: well i mean you're truly an inspiration and we're definitely proud to have you as a member of the football learning academy family so thanks for being here thanks for your time and uh Have a great time with your camp later this week.
2: Hey, I would listen. If you hear about a 40-year-old man passing out at a football camp, I just hope it's not me. But if it is, (laughs) you have been warned. (laughs) (laughs) I appreciate it. Appreciate you having
0: me. Thanks, Ben. Thanks for listening to our interview with Ben Troop. That's all that we have for this week. Stay tuned to our social media channels to stay up to date on our episodes. You can find the links on the main page of this podcast. If you like what you've heard, consider pressing the donate button in the podcast player. That money goes to continuing to provide quality content as well as to help retired players in need. Thank you for listening to the official Football Learning Academy podcast. To learn more about the FLA, go to our website at www.football-learning-academy.com.